Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Kozlowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. But same applies to any professionals who may appear on the Light the Fight podcast. My name is David. And I'm Heidi. And we're here for another impactful episode of Light the Fight. When I say impactful, probably more comical, maybe a little helpful. Either way, we're, we're doing our best, guys. Like we're, we're giving it a good college try. Right, Heidi? I'm sure. Hey, I'm Heidi, sure. did you know we're about to have an anniversary coming up soon of the podcast? Oh, that's true. That's like just in a couple weeks. Yeah, completion, like in a, yeah, like in a, that's actually, I think, four weeks. I think four weeks from today, it will be our completion of four years starting in our fifth year. Am I not, is that correct? Am I right about that, Brandon? You are. You are right. That is correct, yes. Insane. It's just ridiculously insane. We're still here chatting, and I still have problems. That's what's really (laughs) happening. Well, I'm wondering, well, one, you still have problems, not, not as many, of course, so in, in your defense. And two, I wonder if Brandon just tells if people are still listening. I wonder if there's even like proof, you know, like Brandon, are you just trying to make me and Heidi keep on doing this? Like, that'd be the funniest joke. Brandon's like, oh yeah, we got these thousands of downloads and turns out he's like, I don't know how to tell them. I'm just having people in, I'm just having people like one of those people in those countries that just act like they're just like logging on, like boost the numbers and stuff. Yeah. So Brandon, if you went out of Brandon, if you went out of your way to hire bots to pretend that they're downloading, thank you. Thank you from the bottom <laughs> of my heart. Because I don't, I don't think Heidi and I, I don't think our egos could take it. Like, Nobody's listening. Oh my god. Yeah, that's that's true. It'd be really hurtful. It'd be really I'll hurtful. Just, just, so thank whatever you. Whatever you guys want to think. Whatever you guys want to think. That's that's what's happening. Is whatever you think. <laughs> well, I just told you what we want to think. We want to think that people listen to us, dang it. Perfect. Then they do. Then they do. Okay. Then they do. Well, in that case, it's a perfect time. 1-800. Thanks to you guys for hosting this podcast that people may or may not be listening to and uh, for allowing us to bring this delicious goodness to everyone. And as we always say, 1-800 contacts actually makes amazing contacts too. So they're not just great people that make amazing contacts. So get your contacts from them if you're not already. And also along those lines, if you need eyeglasses, especially if you prefer to have nice, attractive eyeglasses that really accentuate all your best features, go to lingoeyewear.com, L-I-I-N-G-O. Man, that sounded like I was singing the song. L-I-N-G-O. Yeah, bingo. So L-I-I-N-G-O, eyewear.com, backslash, light the fight, get $30 off your first order. Just use code word, light the fight, the full word. Uh, the full phrase, and they'll give you thirty dollars off your first order. And Heidi and I are always rocking our lingo uh, eyeglasses. I'm not wearing them right now. Heidi's wearing hers right now. And uh, yeah, if you want a great pair, go to Lingo. So thanks for our sponsors. And now back to our nonsense, Heidi. Well, I'm sure that everybody just wants a puppy update after our conversation last last week. Well, of course they do. Of course they do. And so I think that puppy ownership is kind of like the stages of grief in a way. Uh-oh. I'm, I'm, hold on a second. Wait. 
You know, you guys, before we got on this podcast, <laughs> Heidi and I didn't do our normal hour and a half conversation. Now I'm a little worried. Now I'm, now I'm worried. Like, Brandon, get ready to press like the, the drop button. Um, so I don't know what you to say. Just two times, just two times yeah. as you guys know. I just think that like, you know, at first it's super fun and cute. And then you go straight into regret. Mm. So um, I still think he's super cute. It's really funny. He just doesn't sleep as much. You remember when you have a brand new baby and it sleeps all the time? Oh, yeah. so cute. And you're like, this is no problem. No problem at all. And then they easy start peasy. more awake time. And that's where we're at right now. A lot of awake time. <laughs> well, his energy is increasing because he's not, because when they're really young, they sleep a bunch. So as they get older, that like, I think it was probably hits like around the nine, 10 weeks, definitely 11, 12 weeks to six months. They're like, they're just bouncing off the walls. So, yep. And is so, that what you're talking about? Yeah. So I'm not sure what's next. We'll, I'll let you guys know what the next feeling is. The next um, feeling is. But he, um, he got his shots today. So he's pretty tuckered out. Well, I'm hoping that you're not going to come back and the next update is like, well, you guys, you know, we, we gave him to someone else, a family member of ours. <laughs> Don't give up after all the hard work. Sounds like he's still doing a good job with his obedience training. All right. There's he, a lot of energy. he is. And actually now he's going to the door and asking to be let out and he gets out and he's big enough to go down the stairs and all the way out to the grass. And then he just, he can just, the going down is he's a little bit slower, but man, he can just blaze right up. So we're, we're making mm. progress. Making progress. Well, that that's, you know, what, what more could you ask for, right? Nothing. Making the progress. That's right. Making that's the right. progress. You guys, I am really excited though, because Dave. This is Heidi's episode that no, allowed her to do. No, here's what happened is a while ago, I suggested a podcast. Well, I said to David, I wanted to talk about it. I wanted his take on this particular topic. And he was like, just kind of hesitant. And he, he kind of gave me like the, well, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, okay, he hates this idea. Fine. But I'm still super obsessed it about it. It wasn't so, that yeah. bad. I didn't respond. <laughs> okay. You to... wanna, okay. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Ham it up. Ham it up. <laughs> I wondered if maybe he just didn't want to know the truth about himself. Mm, ooh, <laughs> now, we're, now we're speaking my language. I'm open to the idea that I, I've got things in my rear in my uh in my blind spots that I don't want to uncover maybe maybe that was it okay so I know you guys are all just like oh my gosh what can this possibly be um and likely we have a spoiler in like the blurb I don't know but if any we're gonna have another homework assignment for this particular podcast and that is that we're gonna invite you and make a suggestion to take an Enneagram personality test. Now, if you thought that it was hard to spell lingo, um, Enneagram is, is really hard to spell. I'm sure it's some kind of weird, like Latin, Greek, Hebrew. I don't even know if we're pronouncing it right. Is that how you say Enneagram or Enneagram, Enneagram? So it's spelled E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M. And it's a numbers-based personality test. And, you know, I mean, so this is what I said to David. This is where we'll start. I said to David, what is your take on personality tests? Like, 
do you recommend that people take personality tests? Do you think that they help? Um, because my experience is that I really love taking like personality tests. I really love learning things about myself. So I, like I said, I love learning these things about myself. And um, I love just kind of this lens into looking at it and having um, like a description of myself. So mm. I also have loved using this particular tool to ask my close friends, my close family members to also take this test. Um, and there's certain websites that will like kind of describe how certain numbers interact and, and what the strengths and the weaknesses would be. Um, and for me, I think that as it has shined a light on, like, it's helped me know a little bit more about myself, have a little bit more understanding, maybe from an outsider's perspective, it's almost like somebody standing outside and describing you to you so that you're like, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, it's helped me to learn like what my kids were numbers were so that I could say, Oh, so that's okay. So I can see that too. Um, so David, when I first said that to you, do you remember what you kind of said about personality tests? Well, yeah, of course. So talk about just like what, what your initial response was. Well, Before we I, expose sorry. what our, what our Enneagram numbers are. Yeah. Sorry to disappoint you. I, I wasn't as, as, I wasn't anti doing this. <laughs> I thought about it. I'm like, okay, no, I'm, I'm totally fine doing it. The, the only reason why I have hesitation is only because of, first of all, in my professional experience, I have definitely been, I would say I've been a lot more outside the box, a little bit more cavalier, a little bit more like renegade and trying new things and thinking outside the box. So just the thought of the Enneagram doesn't, that doesn't like really like bother me at all. I've never been like, no, don't take those as bad for you. I just had too many experiences, a lot of experiences for clients of mine that were so desperate to shortcut the process, so desperate to try to diagnose their spouse, their kids for their own personal validation. Like, see, my husband's a narcissist. I hear that a lot. And you know, truth be told, most of the women that say that about their husband their husbands do have many narcissistic traits. Unfortunately, nine times out of 10, it's not enough to diagnose their husband with narcissism, but they are a little bit, you know, very subjective in their opinion because they're the ones getting it from them. So the husband may be that way with them, but not necessarily that way so much with other people. So same thing with like Enneagrams where I'd have clients coming in and they'd say, hey, this is what I learned about myself. And this is what I took. I'm like, great, we talk about it. And then it started to be like a new religion for them where they took it extreme. Now, not all of them did that. I just was a little hesitant because I'm like, I, I don't want people to think that this information is uh, a substitute for the work. And I'm not talking about you have to go to therapy for the work. I'm talking about the work for themselves. Because as we know here at Light the Fight, 
we teach parents, just like we said last week, season one, we, we train parents, give tools to help you be a better model for your loved ones, for the behavior that you want them to exhibit to you, you got to first exhibit that behavior to them. So that's where it would kind of, it would get in some of the people's way because they're like, no, but this information is so on point about my mom. My mom took the test. So I went to my mom, I read her scores and I started telling my mom all these things that I noticed about her personality just so happened to be things that they didn't like about their mom. And for some reason, their mom got defensive. And for some reason, it turned into an argument. And then some of my clients use, I'm having one person in mind in particular. It's like, yeah, my mom, I'm just trying to help her because I'm, I'm hoping that this Enneagram information will help her see what she's not. And then by that, she can change it. That's where there's a little bit of problem there is when we start therapizing our loved ones. So is the Enneagram by itself going to do that? No, it's just information. So by itself, totally harmless totally like totally helpful and the ones that i've read that like i've had enough people do the test now that i'm like okay what are your numbers my wife my sister-in-law other people i'm like okay i see enough factual information in those results the problem is depending on a person's timeline and where they're at in their life like for example like when i look at mine we talk about mine mine was very accurate in describing who i was in my 20s but I don't have issues with those things that it's saying that like this abandonment, this time, like it's like barely on the scale now. Cause I put so much work for so many years. So for some people, it could be like an eye-opening experience for other people. It could be a helpful reminder. And for other people, it could be something that helps open up a doorway to explore more self-progression. Those are all great. I just caution. This is the disclaimer coming from the professional on this podcast. What we're going to talk about is going to be fun banter how it's been helpful to Heidi, myself, and we're going to help you just take it for that information. But just like therapy, like listen to your therapist and do everything that your therapist tells you to do to the T, no matter what, that's not the rule for success. Just like listening to the Enneagram and saying, this now means I can go and diagnose my family and friends and loved ones to tell them what their problems are. Because at the end of the day, we all like to be the counselor because many of us play the counselor role for many of our loved ones. So to give support and to give um, feedback from someone that does these tests, great. To have introspect and be like, man, like I didn't realize this about myself and to have more insight, great. Just don't get obsessed with this and look at this the end all be all. So that's my disclaimer. So let's continue now. I just want to make that known because it's so, this information can be so helpful. It's it could cause people to be focused on that, not the work. So if you really like it, like it, but just use that to pick up a good book to inspire you to go to counseling, yoga treatments, whatever you want or retreats, not <laughs> treatments, but you get what I meant. Um, so yeah, I'll shut up on that now. So Heidi continue. Well, That's basically really, what the long version of what I tried to say last time. Yeah. I, and I really appreciate it. Just, I wanted David to just give me his perspective. Another thing that he said to me that that I remember that stuck out to me is that this is not like an end all be all. It's not like um, you've been sentenced and this is concrete. This is who you are and you can't ever be anything but that. And, and um, you're not a prisoner to your genetics is what I said. But the idea uh. is that it will expose strengths and weaknesses. And one of the things that I really like about it, that, Enneagram all 
whenever I listen or read a book or anything, it's always like there's no type that is better or worse. Every single one of these types has natural strengths, natural weaknesses. And, and the idea is to be able to kind of expose some of those weaknesses um, so that it's something that you're aware of. And yeah. you may identify with it more at certain times, like David was, David and Brandon both was saying, you know, maybe 10 years ago, this was more true for me. And now I feel like it's more this. And I think that that certainly has to be um, part sure. of the dynamic of our life. Yeah. And so, what, one thing I want to add, sorry, Heidi. Go ahead. Okay. okay. One thing I want to add to that just remind me is um, some of my clients that came in, they didn't like the number or certain attributes and characteristics of the number that they had. So they have this natural desire to want to change, correct, or fix it. And so taking off, adding on to what you said, Heidi, I had to remind them, no, 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 no. Every <laughs> band, every band needs a lead singer, you know, organist, a drummer, a flute player, whatever, saxophone, whatever it is. Just because you don't like to play the sax doesn't mean you're not good at it, right? Like everybody has their role to play trying to change your personality types, trying to change some of the things about your character. There are going to be some things that are unpleasant that you're going to want to temper and some other things you're going to want to bring to the surface and amplify. I think that's a better way of approaching this information as opposed to how do I go from a three to a five or how to like, I prefer this person. I'm starting an internet business. And if I was more of like, um, if I was more like the three, I'd be more successful. Well, you're not a three. You know, just so little well, another disclaimer and, there. And I have to tell you that when I first learned about what my number was and read it, um, I didn't like it. Okay, well, let's get into it. Let's start it. Hut, hut, hike. Let's get into okay. it. Heidi, you okay. go first. Okay, so what will happen when you take the test? And we'll post a link to one of the tests, a free test um, in our little bio note note thing. Um, and it just takes a few minutes. And so it will ask you a bunch of questions. Um, and you just try to be as honest as you can. And there's a lot of them that will be a lot of questions that's like, Oh, it kind of depends on the situation or whatever. You just kind of do the best you can. Like it's not, Oh, by the way, little, little insight when you're taking any pet tests around personality, if you see on average, uh, around three questions, it sound like they're the exact same question in a, just using a couple different words. That's not on accident. That's on purpose. It's to get a gauge to see how, how consistent you are with your answers. If they change one word here or there, that's the psychology behind personality tests is if you've ever taken them for a job or anything like that, like they just asked me this question, but it's like the same, but not the same. So do your best, like Heidi said, to be honest without overthinking. And And there may be questions that kind of make you feel a little bristly or a little uncomfortable. Um, there's one that's like, people think I'm weird. <laughs> and I was like, yes, they do. <laughs> um, but it's a scale on one to a hundred though. So it's not like a yes or no. So it's like how far on that, right? There's a one hundred right. or one to 10. I forget which one it was. Well, they're all just a little bit different. I think the one is like agree and strongly agree or I don't. The one I, I took was you actually slide a number across like from like 100 all the way down to like zero. Oh, that must be pretty serious. Yeah. Well, 
in general, I um, am a three. So there's, okay, just to describe, there's nine types. And usually when you take a test, one number will come out the, the highest. And then you're going to have two other numbers that they call wings, your, your wings. And so it's like um, your two other most typical um, response. And so it's not like yeah. this hundred percent, you're this. Um, for me, I was, a, I ranked very high as a three. And um, that's kind of what um, embarrassed me a little bit because of how true it is. Um, <laughs> it embarrassed you because it exposed something? <laughs> <laughs> because I want to be chill and I want to oh, be yeah. cool and I want to be fun. And I'm just not. And this is... <laughs> <laughs> so, so a, a type three is, is usually known as an achiever. Yep, that's um, what it's called. I'm looking at it right here. Some of the things it says, uh, Enneagram threes are likely to value achievement and want to be the best. And as a result, efficiency results, recognition and image are very important to them. Mm -mm. And, um, and that is true as much as maybe it, I wish it, it wasn't. And, um, and oh, you, think of, I mean, you guys know me pretty well at this point. If you've been listening for a while, you. <sighs> okay. Let, let me interrupt you for a second. I'm going to read the, the brief description, the three sentences, because I don't know which one you're looking at, but I'm going to read this one and, and let's see if it lands and hits home for our listeners that know you or anyone listening to this that knows you. A lot of people listen to this know you. So threes are self-assured attractive and charming, ambitious, uh, uh, competent, and energetic. They can also be status conscious and highly driven for advancement. They are diplomatic and poised, but can also be overly concerned with their image and what others think of them. They typically have problems with workaholism and competitiveness. At their best, they are self-accepting, authentic, everything they seem to be role models who inspire, like everything, everything they seem to be role models who inspire them, who inspires others, like someone who inspires others. So that, what do you think about that, Heidi? Do you think, do you think that's close to the cart? I, I would say as for good or for bad, it's very, very true of me. Yeah. Basic fear of being worthless. Yeah, the word Fear of being worthless. <laughs> and it's his basic desire to feel valuable and worthwhile. And and then the the problem when you go into like the weaknesses, and I start like um reading about the weaknesses, one is like that you're gonna sacrifice it's like anything for the result, anything mm. it takes. And so for me, if that means I have to stay up all night. I have to, whatever I have to do, I will do it. So that being said, like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of good things um, about being threes and it is true, but there are some things about it that I wish I didn't care so much what people thought of me. Um, I wish that I could just have fun. 
but everything yeah. has to have like a purpose. I'm always trying to multitask. I'm trying to make everything count for three things. Um, and there's a particular number and we'll probably talk about it in a minute, but that I wish that I was. So when you were saying like, oh, I just wish I was this. I married it instead. So I guess that's <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, tell us real quick. What are your top three? And we went into the first one a lot. The, the next two, let's just briefly go over. And um, so what were your other numbers? So three is the achiever. What was the second one? A type two. Okay. The helper. Okay. Which is a helper, and which um, it says in mine, it says the caring interpersonal type, demonstrative, uh, generous, people pleasing and possessive. Um, okay. also a need to be depended on, like there's okay. this, you find value in people to being depended on. And then the other one is a number one, which mm. also, the reformer, is that what you have? The reformer perfectionism, like this, like need to, to do it exactly. Um, and difficulty in. People like one of the way I perceive it is I kind of seem so I'm not I see that there's a right way to do it and I'm really hard on myself if I'm not doing it the right way I I want to I want to do it right yeah and what it says here on on mine because I think we were we're same enneagram but I think we might have taken it from two different websites. Mine says ones are uh, conscientious, conscientious and ethical with a strong sense of right and wrong. They are teachers, crusaders, and advocates for change, always striving to improve things, but afraid of making a mistake. Well-organized, orderly, and fast, fastidious, fastidious. Okay. Uh, they try to maintain high standards, but can slip into being critical and perfectionist. They typically have problems with resentment and impatience at their best. They're wise, discerning, realistic, and noble can be morally heroic. All right. So your, your first one was um, a three. The second one was a, what was it again? A, a two. two. And then uh, the helper. And then your third one, meaning like she scored the highest as, you know, a three, second highest as a two and highest as a one. So if you're listening to this podcast, go to um, the one I'm at is enneagraminstitute.com. It's E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M institute.com. Even though Brandon will be posting that if you're listening to this and you're not on the, like on Instagram, or whatever, just go and click on that so you can kind of follow along with it. Um, I, I think I, I can see, and this is where I want to add like a little bit of therapist here. I can see bits and pieces in each one of those. Like if you start with um, number three, I could see, okay, that's probably a lot of your foundation, right? Like the achiever, right? That, like that's, that's what, you know, if you had to state one thing about you. And I can see pieces of the helper and I can see pieces of the reformer. But if you blend all those three together, add your life experiences, your unique childhood, your unique adult experiences, then you get a flavor of that blend of all three, right? Like that's really what it comes down to. That's why these three really identify important pieces and parts but Heidi Swap is the whole. And so anyone listening to this, 
we're again, we're not saying like, oh yeah, you read this, it's going to answer every question for you, but it is going to give you a lot of helpful insight if you can just kind of blend the three of them together. And they do say on here, you're really, you take your top three and those top three are really going to tell you a lot about yourself, even though they give you, you know, what you score from top to bottom and all those. Okay. So David, let's hear what you scored. Okay. I scored a 29, but that's, uh, okay. that was your ACT. The, okay. Oh, hello. On my ACT. Are you kidding me? No, no, no. Go lower. Thank you for the compliment. Thank you for the compliment. My ACT was divisible uh, by, by that in half. So uh, do you want to guess what mine was, Heidi? It's a big shocker. Well, I don't know. I, I feel like there's, there's quite a few different ones. I do think. You know, I don't. It's all right. You don't have to guess. Just wonder if you want to. I'm afraid to. Sometimes with people, I do. <laughs> um, but I don't feel like you're a one. I don't feel like you're a two. I think that you have maybe some, I think you have some three. I think you also maybe have some eight, maybe three or eight. The three and the eight are very similar, except for that eights are not as worried about their image. Um, they're, they're, so threes and eights are very similar, but threes are just so worried about being diplomatic because they want people to like them where eights are like, yeah. yeah. Okay. So drum roll. Not that it's that big of a deal. There's a lot of six so, though. Brandon thinks so you're the drum nine. roll. Okay. So my top one is two. <laughs> my second one is seven. And then my third one is one. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. So I got that going for me. Um, <laughs> no. So, so two, yeah. Two, seven, one. Is. Yeah, so number two, so I'll read just the description part. It says twos are empathetic, sincere, and warm-hearted. They are friendly, generous, and self-sacrificing, but can also be sentimental, flattering, and people-pleasing. They are well-meaning and driven to be close to others, but can slip into, do into doing things for others in order to be needed. They typically have problems with possessiveness and with acknowledging their own needs. At their best, they're unselfish and altruistic. They're unconditional. They have unconditional love for others. Basic fear of being, un, uh, of being unwanted, unworthy of being loved, basic desire to feel loved, you know? Yeah. So, so that's it the does, basics. On this one that I'm looking at, it says the two's focus on building relationships will impact positively their capacity to step into roles where clients and people relationships matter. So I would, I would say that was really very true. Interesting. Yeah. Um, when, when I read it and I went through like all the different um, stuff on it, I mean, I read the whole entire thing. Um, my sister-in-law was the one who suggested this, this one to me. Um, and it, it's true. Like, at, like, I mean, it really is true as it goes in depth about it. As I mentioned earlier in today's episode, if I would have read this at like 21, I'd have been like, whoa, like this could have been like a lot more informational. 
I read it just going, yeah, I, yeah everything course. on there. But I mean, I'm 47 years old and I've been practicing mental health professional, reflecting on myself. I've gone to years of therapy. I have a wife that lets me know the things that I don't want to see. And she has no problem. She's definitely, what's the one in there that takes control of every situation and tells her husband what to do because she doesn't trust in him that he won't screw it up? That's her number. Um, But she means well. So, you know, Um, but no, as I read through them, it was very evident to me. I'm like, this is really cool and this is accurate. And the flaws, like the other, the upside down part of it, I'm like, I already been through that. So it it was helpful to to see. And I'm like, okay, I, I, I see that there's validity to it. Um, my other ones read number seven because seven is what I really wish I was seven is what you wish you were really yeah optimistic flexible yep okay (laughs) so seven is called yeah so just so you guys remember two is the helper seven is the uh enthusiast the enthusiast and it says the enthusiast is sevens are extroverted optimistic versatile and spontaneous playful, high-spirited, and practical. They can also misapply their many talents becoming overextended, scattered, and undisciplined. They constantly seek new and exciting experiences, but can become distracted and exhausted by staying on the go. They typically have problems with impatience and impulsiveness. At their best, they focus their talents on worthwhile goals, becoming appreciative, joyous, and satisfied. Their biggest fear is of being deprived and in pain basic desire to be satisfied and content to have their needs fulfilled. I just think that I sort of try to be this. I see myself wanting to suppress like my need to be, to be a workaholic. Like in order to not be a workaholic, I try to be adventurous. And when I'm being critical, I try to be optimistic. You, You know, I, I tend to want want to be less, more carefree than weighed down by what everybody thinks of me, you know? So Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, and, and that's the thing, too. Like, like, you take the three blends of yours. Some of them kind of cross each other out because there's some similarities in all three of those, right? Um, and same thing with mine. Mine's the two, uh, you know, the, the helper, the enthusiast. And then the one is the reformer, which we already read um, about yours. And so... Yeah, I mean, you guys, everyone listening to this, I I can totally sign off on this, that taking this test, not only will it not hurt you, it's helpful information without a doubt, like absolutely. Um, and the information, especially if you share, I think you tell me, I want to know what you think about this, Heidi. I think the best way to take the test and get the information and to like process the information is for you and a friend or you and someone who's close to you, maybe they're kind of on the same path of self um, realization. They're maybe there's they're someone that's kind of looking for the same things that you're looking for, change, growth, have them do it with you. Or let's say you have taken it years ago and you forget what you are, or you, know, you have a, a, a child that's maybe a little bit older now and you, you guys want to use this information to connect with each other. But I think the best way to start it off with is with a friend, convincing a friend to take it with you. Or if you've already taken this, or if after you listen to this podcast, you take it, convince a friend to do it. And then you guys have a conversation about it. I think that's the best part about it is to have conversations. Because if you hear it from a friend pointing out some of the your kryptonites and your superpowers in that information, it can be very helpful. 
if you share it with a critic or someone who's known to be highly critical of you, uh, yeah, good luck with that. Um, I wouldn't suggest. <laughs> That's so true. It's that is so true. But I think so. One of the things, the thing that intro, uh, introduced me to Enneagram um, was some friends getting together and talking about it. And we, we were talking about, so I'm in the young, I'm in the young women presidency and the state young women presidency is my calling at church. That means that I'm kind of a leader over um, girls from the age of 12 to 18. And I kind of come in with this, um, what, what's the best word with this tilt on mental health, on self-understanding, on um, self-awareness, on relationships. Freaking and out. So, and freaking out, yes. Yeah, and freaking out. School major. Um, <laughs> and so I wanted, I thought it would be fun to introduce these girls to kind of exploring their personalities and being a little bit more aware of what made them tick, right? What their strengths, yeah. what their weaknesses are, were. And it was interesting because when we, when we kind of um, presented the idea, there were a lot of people who were really worried about it. And they felt like maybe this isn't something you would ever do like in a religious setting. Um, it's something that you would maybe do in therapy or, you know, so we ended up not, we ended up making it, um, an option. You could come and kind of learn about it. And those who came just, it was so fun to watch the light bulbs go on as they learned about themselves and each other and really appreciated, um, the different things. And, and one of the, the teach, the woman who was teaching it, um, kind of talked about gifts, like gifts that you would give to certain numbers. And so like, if you Google that, gifts for Enneagram nine or go on Pinterest gifts for, you know, whatever your number is, it will tell you like, oh, here is a perfect gift for these people. And it's kind of funny. If you go on Instagram, there's a lot of accounts that are like that kind of poke fun, um, little skits and different things about these different numbers, because each number kind of has something that you're just, it's, it's kind of like what your toxic character flaw or whatever it is that you kind of know and everybody kind of knows and fundamentally you've been made fun of it for years and you're like oh, oh, yeah you're right okay fine you know um and I think that it's so helpful to be able to laugh at that thing about yourself yeah and know like yeah I am a little out of control with my image. And yes, I did have to take 50 selfies to post one. And you know, <laughs> whatever that is, um, I do think that it's helpful to know that about yourself and to be able to laugh about it as well. Yeah, keep, keeping this kind of information, you guys, in your back pocket, only helpful, as I said in the beginning, using it as your guiding light to make life decisions wouldn't suggest that using it to replace the work and that when i say the work i hate when people say doing the work well let's be specific when we say the work you're referring to yourself your life your mental emotional physical spiritual like whatever areas you're trying to balance or improve upon and so this like anything else 
it can open up some pathways, some doors, and can start you down different, you know, directions. And that's cool. And you know, I can be helpful. And I want to add, like, I kind of, you know, we, t- we talk a lot about parenting here, like the fight, obviously. And this is kind of a fun activity to do with your kids, especially, I mean, David said, you know, to do this with someone that that won't make fun of you. So maybe this is going off course just a little bit. Well, and, and also too, the kids have to be of a certain age because my kids are too young. Yes. They can, yeah, there's no, it yes. has to be like older. It has to be older, like a, yeah. Like a teenager and even like- um, Not I like a 13 year old, like an older teenager for yes. sure. Yeah. Yes, probably. Unless they have one for teens. I don't know. Do they have Instagram for oh, teens maybe or younger? They do. I don't, maybe I they don't do. I'm just saying the sure. questions that I answered I was like, man, I know some people that are adults who take them two hours to answer this because like they can go back and forth. Like, cause you know, that's, that's a hard thing about taking personality tests. You know, someone's looking for something and you know that you're about to be judged. So in that and of itself, personality tests are, do have flaws. Like they're, they're not complete because the person taking the test, it's totally subjective. Some people may be like, oh, I just want to answer it. There's all oh, this first thing came to my mind. Other people may overthink it. Then they may get to the point where, okay, well, I don't want to look like this person. So I'm going to lean more to this side. So I don't look like that. That's what I said in the beginning. Just be your, like, whatever comes is your first instinct and your first reaction that that's how you should judge your, like how you should grade yourself on that question to answer it. Just go with that. Cause you could sit here and overthink it. Cause I know you said it takes a few minutes. Well, it could take a long time. Trust me. It could take a long time. It technically it says, oh, 15 minutes. It didn't take me 15 minutes. It took me like 20 minutes. And I know I answered it pretty quickly. So I think realistically, once you start getting, you know, to 30 plus, then you're like, okay, maybe I'm overthinking this. Um, so, so I had like an idea of what I thought my daughter was. And, you know, we talk a lot about the first daughters and I kind of figured, I just assumed she was the exact same as me. I see a lot of my own characteristics in her. Um, and she'd just come home from her mission. So it wasn't too long ago. And I had her take the test and I was wrong. And we had this really long conversation about, um, the different characteristics and the strengths and the weaknesses. And I'll tell you what, it helped me so much, um, navigating our interaction, just keeping some of those things in mind based on our conversation, not just what the test told me, but based on the conversation that we had about the test and understanding each other. And that doesn't mean that it made it easier. It doesn't mean that like we, now we just are flawlessly communicating, but there's this little window of insight that I think is helpful in every relationship. Um, you know, even like my son and my daughter-in-law, I was like, you guys got to take this test. And they're so different from each other, but they complement each other so well. And it, so it's, it's also helpful to know those things so that you know where someone's coming from, because some of these things about us <laughs> are there, whether we like it or not. Absolutely. Can agree more. Yeah. Well, I think uh, I think we hit our mark for today. So you guys, we're not sponsored by Instagram Institute. This was a just a fun topic that that we wanted to discuss, and um, again, like I said, you know, you're gonna if you're looking for something, you're gonna find it. 
So if you're looking for ways to better yourself, have fun discussions with your close family members or loved ones or friends about helping each other understand yourself better and, you know, anything along the lines of self-progression, this can be very helpful and it's fun. It's a good conversation starter amongst close friends. But remember, just don't do it with your haters and your critics because they may dismiss the strengths and may really only like to focus on the negative parts of your number and, and, you know, these personality traits and types. So, and also too, it's not a replacement of therapy, but it is definitely fun and good information. Yeah. So thanks David for letting us have this fun conversation. And I am <laughs> you know that you're a two. And now I'm going to you know, it against you. <laughs> you, you. You should, you should. I mean, when I, when I said the numbers, I go, okay, two. And I, I'm like a two. And I told my sister-in-law I'm a two. She's like, Oh, and I was like, what does that mean? So she goes, click on this link. I click on the link says the two, the helper. I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, I mean, it didn't really, like I read the first line. I'm like, that wasn't a shocker. Literally, but it's what I, I do for a living. I'm like, it's, I'm like, I hope I'm the two. It'd come out of, it's like, you're the narcissist. I'm like, wait, that's a number? I'm the narcissist? But when it does say like, um, like, uh, what did it say? Uh, uh, self, it said something that actually, when it said it, I'm like, oh yeah. It says they typically have problems with possessiveness. Uh, and with acknowledging their own needs. I remember a time in my life, oh yeah, ask any girl I dated. I was a little possessive. Who are you talking to? Why are you talking to that guy over there? <laughs> I just thought it was my mommy issues. Turns out it's my mommy issues and my personality. So, <laughs> All right, you guys, thank you for listening. Go and get, um, go do this with somebody that's close to you. I think you'll have fun. Um, so thanks for listening. Thanks for um, showing up all these years and uh, thanks for helping us to light the fight.